everybody. I'm pretty sure I'm recording. Yes, yes, yes the red button's yes. flashing. <laughs> <laughs> this is Belgariad and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode eight. Oh, after our summer break, this season we're reading, we're continuing to read book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter seven. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe and I'm a spiritual director, author and um, holistic therapist. I'm here today, once again, as always, with my beautiful <laughs> podcasting partner, Alicia Seymour. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. Hi, it's good to be back. So excited. It was so wonderful to open the book in the next chapter yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah, so our summer, I really actually enjoyed having a break from producing the show. <laughs> I, I love doing the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I did enjoy having a few weeks where I just didn't have that responsibility. It was very nice. Yeah. You deserve it for sure. Um, So let's dive into Podcast Cup. What's in your potion cup this week? Um, Well, uh, my cup is pretty sweet. I, I... said acai smoothie because every afternoon I've been making this smoothie with acai in it and it's just what is really... that I read that word and I'm like is that a spelling mistake I don't know what that is you don't know what acai is I have to google it oh now. my goodness it's a berry it's a kind of a berry and uh, you can buy it basically there's this uh come I forget the name of the brand I get but really popular it's everywhere here like all the smoothie shops have it and you throw it in it's like a sorbet yeah and they can make it into a sorbet and then you blend it into your smoothie and it's really uh full of antioxidants it's very nourishing so i've been having that in my smoothies like every afternoon and it's just great i look forward to it so it's a sweet fruit is it yeah oh yeah i found it the acai Berry is a grape-like fruit harvested from acai palm trees, which are native to the rainforests of South America. Okay. There you go. Could have been yeah, a random really sub could have been a random topic today. <laughs> but I had to know what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's really good berry. Um, cool. So I managed to get through summer. Summer's over. The kids. You sound going... really calm and zen about that whole thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a process. The summer was a process for me, and I, I, you know, I I got used to just being with it instead of resisting it, and you know. My six-year-old's already back in school right now, and my older one goes tomorrow. Um, so it'll be nice to have some space again, for sure. Yeah, we're all excited that things are kind of getting a little back to normal, and we're hoping that they'll be able to stay in school, that they won't have some reason to tell them to go back home again. So 
you know, all of that was just as it is. If you're a parent, you understand. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge to have children during this time, I'll admit. I'm, I, but, I, I imagine, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, because you don't have a choice. You're just kind of like, all right, we're stuck together. Let's make the best of it. Yeah. Um, so I also, though, have, like I know before break, I kept saying I was going to use the summer to write, finish that draft draft of my novel it's my last book well i saw you putting um, out little bits little quotes here and there on your social media yeah which were I awesome did. by the way thank you yeah i mean i have been writing i didn't finish it but i have been writing mm. um but it did help me realize that and some other things that came into my life just helped me realize to recenter as an author always make that the focus which i know i've said that before but i found a really good kind of the way i process it and in my inside of me the balance of author first and then i can still look at the story guide work and now the publishing piece and it feels really good it's just yeah. like recentering with all of it yeah but i've claimed myself as a fantasy author like yeah fantasy epic fantasy for adults is what yeah. i write i'm close i'm getting closer i'm getting closer i haven't done it yet <laughs> so and that actually christy um my, that was with me in turtle sea books she because she's a fiction writer too but she writes for children um like magical realism type and one of the discussions we were having because we're, we're actually going to be co-authoring a children's series together like mm -hmm. um middle grade or young reader i want to do middle grade so i want to talk her into that but um, <laughs> you want the paging 13 <laughs> yeah so we were um just talking about like what style we would have in common and obviously it's magical realism um but then i realized that if i can do that with her i can let go of that children's series and will actually incorporate some of that children's series i wanted to do on my own of into course, the series yeah. we'll write together which right. would be even better because she knows kids she yeah. was a teacher for 20 years she knows them better than even with my own children she knows the kids better than i do because she well i wonder if that's where if this where you're now going yeah. is where all of those little breadcrumbs have been pointing you to all the way through i think so yeah she was one of those just like you and i she was one who when she came into my life it was just like a snap yep. and we are just like we've always been together yeah in this life like sisters yep. or whatever yeah and um so but with with that decision then i said i'm that's it then all i write on my own is fantasy and it's adult fantasy because the raven dreams even though i classified it as young adult for a little bit because it's safe for young adults they could read it but it's really, really I would never have thought it was young adult from, I haven't read it, put my yeah. hand up. I haven't read it, but the little snippets and like the feeling. Really? It's well, no, maybe, it's dark. maybe it's because I just don't read much young adult that I don't understand oh, see, I read how dark it. it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I love young, young adult, like fantasy is my favorite genre to read. Okay. I have a question. Would would the Twilight books be classified as young adult? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I do like young adult. 
<laughs> yeah, I got into the Twilight books. Um, the movies kind of ruined it for me. But... Oh god, don't watch the movies. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, so it, it's really about what age is the character. So if the character is mm. a young adult and it's fantasy, then it's young adult fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's like teen teen into like maybe 20 max oh yeah okay because in those like using the twilight books as a an example they started like the characters were high school kids yeah the main character yeah Yeah. usually it's like 16 17 18 year old yeah uh is the hero but for me like the raven dreams my protagonist eva she is starts the story and she's like 23 24 or something so that's that was, there's, there's another category above young adult, I think. Is there? That's like college, know. like like, emer- like new adult. I think that's it. New adult. New adult. Something like that. Anyway, maybe, maybe. But I'm excited because now I can, and this is actually part of my prophecy. But my next series, I'm gonna just jump straight into like epic fantasy for adults like hardcore there's gonna be bad language it's gonna be because i'm gonna market it for adults only just claim that shit yeah i already know uh the kind of idea of where i want to go with it so that's been really fun to just feel it like sinking in it's so it's so wonderful like you saying that out loud i was thinking secretly to myself in here all of these things you're talking about like you know, why do I resist the fact that I write fantasy? Why do I resist that so hard and insist on calling it magical realism? I know that I see magical realism everywhere, but the fact is if I were want to market these books, I need to market it to fantasy readers. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and here, so hearing you say this stuff out loud that I've been thinking about is very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Good, I'm glad. Like we're on the same. <laughs> what the a same, surprise! Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's been really, really fun, and I'm so excited to like yeah. get into that. But like I said, I still haven't finished the last draft, and I, I'm kind of struggling with that, which I'll say more in the prophecy. A rigid question. I want to. I'm curious yeah. to know how that comes out. Yeah. When <laughs> when we do prophecy speaks, we'll talk more about that. That that sounded really yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah. So there's been a little bit of lack of motivation, but mm-hmm. um, what I also did that helped me reconnect with my my authorship stuff was rereading my short stories, like and understanding when I wrote them. Reading them now, years later, I was like, oh my god like (laughs) I understood what I was connecting with when I wrote this and they they are fantasy magical realism ish whatever in between somewhere in there too and I was I was just amazed at um how much healing I really pour into my writing not even just healing but the the piece, it was like the piece of my life at that time that was like that little glimmer around all the darkness. And I focused on it and I wrote the story on that. It does not matter and, how hard an author tries to disguise themselves yeah. and keep it away from the story. It will always leak through. And if, mm-hmm. and if, you, if you write like you and I write, it's going to be all over the story. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I cried a lot. Oh, honey, and... I'm so happy. I know this is a weird <laughs> statement. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> well, it was good, though, because the crying was actually that I realized I I have actually come full circle mm. to where what that, that piece I was writing about is actually existing in my life now. Well, it's no mistake that you read it when you read it then. I know. And so I just, it was, it was incredible. But other than that, you know, I'm just here. I've, I've been feeling very present and I focus mostly on my, like my self-care and, and mm-hmm. self-love first. Mm-hmm. And everything else kind of falls into place when I can stay there. Like yeah. I don't always stay there, but it is the majority of my time now is there. Mm-hmm. So that feels great. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's that's mine. <laughs> Tried to keep it short. Got a little oh yeah, extended, it's but... the first show back. Of course, it's going to be blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how about you? What's uh, in my potion? Let's have a look. So yeah, my cup is holding crystal water from my altar. So what I mean when I say that, it's a non-threatening kind of sanitized way of saying the vibrational essence that I channel (laughs) that is on my altar, which if you are a $5 patron, I'm pointing to it right now on the video, (laughs) that little jar. So I used to channel vibrational essences for my holistic therapy clients Uh on occasion. And so a vibrational essence is essentially energy like in a liquid and water has a memory. Water will Mm -hmm. remember the energy that that passes through it and so it was a really simple i would typically not always use a crystal but sometimes a little crystal in a glass jar for the person and then they just top it up top it up top it up and drink it and it's like it's a tonic it's a medicine and vibrational essences are things like bark flower remedies homeopathics all homeopathics are vibrational essences it's funny you just brought up bach flowers because i literally heard about that for the first time on monday oh and i went and picked some my goddess the first time yes for the first time and now i'm hearing it the second time from you talking about essence and so (laughs) oh my god i can't believe like see these (laughs) <laughs> these things that I think that the whole world knows about, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So that's what's in my potion. And the reason I made it was because, do you remember the cold sore saga? Yeah. Okay. From last year? Yeah. Uh, from last year. <laughs> this year has already been five years long. So, yeah. From, so like our regular listeners will, you know, so let's update the cultural saga of Sondra, which I hadn't planned to do, but of course it's important <laughs> in the context of the vibrational essence on my altar because they kept going. It kept coming around and around and they just, I've never had such an ongoing series of yeah. breakouts where there was mm-hmm. maybe a day in between some of the episodes. Right. And I realized that it's, um, it's an it's emotionally based it's emotionally triggered 
And so it, it is, it's, it's in my energetics, in my body's energetics where it's triggered. And so I went into that part of me and gone, okay, I need to lift myself. I, I need something that I'm not getting because it feels like um, I needed some kind of energetic support that I just wasn't getting. Like I needed to move. I needed to move into this next space. It was like overdue. It was like I was kind of soaked in stagnant energy that I needed to move out of. Yeah. And so what I did was in my, in God is Causing Miracles that I'm teaching and creating, doing the lessons and um, connecting daily with goddess in meditation and that larger kind of me with a capital M, that energy and remembering that once upon a time, that was an ongoing conversation that I had just through the day. And it was normal. And remembering that, that that's where I needed to, that I, that's where I wanted to go again. That's, that was where I was choosing to go. And so I needed to su somehow support myself in that. And so I trusted the messages that I was getting in meditation and opt taking my herbal essences like my drops and my pills and my supplements because they weren't helping me anyway and i'd given yeah. them a red hot go mm -hmm. and i channeled myself an essence which i haven't done for oh, at least a decade and what do you know wow. i haven't you're you're going to tell me how to do that after this because I want to do that because <laughs> that's exactly what I've been feeling too. And I'm like, I'm ready to go yeah. forward. Why will I not go? Why will okay, I not? And so here's the next step. Here's the next step. So I make the essence. Things clear up. I feel energized and like, wow, this is amazing. Something's coming. Something's coming. And then a week uh, and then I'm like, I've got my moon calendar on the, the wall in front of me and I'm like, I don't have my period yet. I haven't skipped a period ever except when I was pregnant. Ever. Since I was 12 years old. Yeah. I skipped my first period. So I've crossed over into this next cycle of my physical being from yeah. the mother into the heading toward, heading into the crone territory. Mm -hmm. And this is all like, it's all connected, you know, all of this, these energy shifts. And so, yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm, I've had these supercharged episodes and so much energy. And so I'm kind of coming into a plateau um, now, like I've shift done all of this shifting and now I'm coming into a plateau. So I'm starting to take my herbal essences again because they are helpful now that I've kind of shifted through this um, in like I've, I've made it through the doorway. I've done a whole bunch of like spiritual work yeah. um, to get here, but now I'm here and it's like, I'm, I've never, I'm, I feel so grounded and clear and powerful and like, yeah, present 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. I am just like right there. I'm just, it's just waiting for me right there. But it's felt like that for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. And it is that same kind of like, why, why will I not just like go through now? (laughs) What, what is, am I blocking myself? What is blocking? Well, I was definitely hesitating from taking the final steps, like over the threshold. Um, Yeah. There were some old sort of patterns trying to convince me to run them. <laughs> right. But it didn't work. Like it just was like, just wasn't, just didn't make any sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all of these other things happened, like coincidences in, you know, quotation marks, if you like, but I don't believe in coincidences. Things with my daughters, mm-hmm. um, especially that signaled this um this definite departure from motherhood Mm. so that was really interesting so that's all been fascinating and and amazing and really powerful and yeah and now like out of the blue i find i'm i've accepted a consulting position Mm -hmm. like a business consulting in Excel as an Excel automation specialist doing coding and all of the data stuff and formulas that go for three pages and macros and stuff. Um, And I haven't done that for a decade, like over a decade, any of that work. Uh, But it just felt right. And it just accidentally happened to come along. Mm. And that feels like, it feels like, like this is this is a, this is part of my prophecy speaks question. Like I'm just curious about, huh? Yeah. What's going on? How's why? What's this come up for? And okay, it feels great, and I'm having a ball, and a lot of it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. But is there is there something about this that I need to know? I don't know. So that'll be the question that I ask later on. <laughs> Because it's yeah. just such a departure from the work that I've been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah. But like you said, you enjoy it so much. Yeah. It could be brought to you just for that pure joy to be in your life. Oh, I really do enjoy it. And, and look, to be honest, it earns me a buttload of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about clearing. That was one of the big things, right? Yeah. Just like in my life, I think we both were. Oh, my God, it was too. Speak on, wise one. (laughs) Yeah, the clearing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you're saying, I'm feeling that right now, what you were feeling before you passed through the, like you explained, you passed through some kind of a doorway or something into another Mm -hmm. phase. I feel like I'm at, and I keep kind of trying to like, okay, open, go ahead. (laughs) And (laughs) it just won't. Um, and, And Christy is kind of at the same point where when we caught get on our calls it's kind of she'll reference the same kind of we're almost like like you say it's like just like you and I have seen we're paralleled in so many ways even though we weren't talking Mm -hmm. like her and I parallel in other ways too where it's like and so yeah that that money you know that money was part of the clearing for you yeah definitely definitely oh how did I not see that so obvious (laughs) jinky well, sometimes we don't, we don't see our own. Sometimes. Right. 
Uh, well, that's good. That sounds like a really transformational couple months. Yeah. I think I, I think I said all the things. If I didn't, I don't know. We'll get up to it another episode, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Like an hour in. <laughs> no, actually, I'm looking at the time. It's been about 20 minutes. Oh, okay. So it's not too, it's not the worst Pogos Cup that we've ever had. Not the most rambling. Right. And fascinating. Who wouldn't be fascinated to listen to this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> right. People who are on the awakening journey will be. What That's was that, darling? Sure. I didn't hear. People who are on the awakening journey. Yeah, for sure. They will be. Sure. <sighs> okay. So... Garion's view. Yeah. Okay. I really, really summed this up because I'm like, you have to have patience with yourself. It's been a while since you've done it. So I put, they are on the road again. Um, they're traveling through hills and mountains. Oh, I forgot to say toward the place because I forgot the name of the place. The was it Cthul Murgos or something like that? No, what is it called? The Vale. Oh, to the Vale. Okay. To the Vale of Aldur. Because Aldur contacted Belgrath and said, come on. That's right. So they have to, okay. go, they have to go leagues and leagues and leagues out of their way. <laughs> yes. And they, they bump into some new creatures along the way and they also encounter some snow along the way that invokes some playfulness um, with Sinidra and Garion. Um, Silk, we got to see some of Silk at his best again, <laughs> the burglars. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at the, the ending, of course, with that mystic creature in the clouds, little, you know, that I would guess is a dragon, but maybe I'm wrong. Sounds a little um, yeah the highlight the highlights because they said there's only three three of them and it reminds me of game of thrones danny had three dragons oh. the only ones alive after oh. all of them died oh yeah i know it's sad oh let me open my book so when we open chapter seven they're all coming back to themselves after in the circle. They're all holding hands in the circle. Remember, Polgara put their minds to sleep uh, to move through Maragos. So they've all been uh, in this state of having their minds asleep since they entered Maragor. And now there's nothing more being said since that first since the conversation that Garion had with Paul and Belgarath when they realized that he was not all the way asleep. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the last chapter, it ended with Paul Gara saying, sleep my Belgarian. And now they're waking up and with nothing in between. And it's been like a week yeah. since they went to sleep. So um, maybe Garion like succumbed then to the spell and he was then asleep for the week as they moved through Maragor and now they're, hmm, they're at the, where are they? In the foothills, uh, 
The northern edge of Marigord, it said there. Yeah, the, on the northern edge of Marigord. So I'd have to have a look at the maps again. Mm -hmm. Because I... Northern edge of Marigord. About 80 leagues east of Tolrain. So let me just have a look at the map. Tolrain is in Tolnidra. And they're heading to the Vale of Aldur, which... If you have a look at... So I think that they're... See, now I have to have a look at the other map. Uh, hang on a sec. I'm just going to look at the... Yeah, I only have the Vale of Aldor map. Marigor. Uh, Marigor. Tomnidra, Marigor. Oh, okay. So they've, like, literally gone through the entire country, the entire land of Marigor, up to the northern end. Oh, that's confusing. I'll ha I wonder if I could put all the... I wonder if there's, like, a map of the entire everything. There should be. Like they do with the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There must be. Because now I, I'm confused and I need some directions. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Didn't know how much of that I'll leave in the show. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. they're waking up and... What did you, did you find, and what did you think about this scene as they're waking up? I didn't think very much about it. I mean, it's like pretty just basic, you know, just touching on everybody who's there, what, what they're all kind of experiencing as they wake up. And they touched on Gary and, and Sunisha holding hands. And they didn't really let go of each other's hand after they woke up. They just kept holding hands. <laughs> Gary liked it and decided not to tell her. Mm -hmm. Not to remind her that they were in fact holding hands, but I do I do like the way Silk reacts. Like it kind of speaks to his personality. It helps us, you know, again, build our build his character. You know, he's a bit like jumpy and like uh, like that he didn't like to not be on guard of himself or yeah, or not in control, I suppose, or yeah. But like he's sort of he's seen as really trying to adjust to the passage of time that he's missed and distance yeah. and he obviously he very obviously doesn't like the fact that he's missed this piece of time yeah and then uh Hedtar finds out one of the horses is pregnant yes and he seems disturbed by that which I don't know if that's going to come up later but but um, what did you think of that? Like, Hetai's, um... I don't know, because Dernick tries to just say, like, well, we can break down the stuff she's carrying amongst the other horses, and she'll be fine. And he's like, maybe. I wonder if it's because he's, like, part of the herd mind, and it's her mm -hmm. first mare, and, like, he comment he her, her first pregnancy, and he comments on that. Like, Hetai comments on that. So I wonder if he's, like... A bit like a nervous dad. <laughs> he could be. I've never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just straight. Like, I don't know. I For some reason, I picked up on the fact that they seemed to be pointing out. He seemed, the author seemed to be pointing out that Hedtar was nervous because the horse is pregnant. <laughs> that she might not be okay is the, the feeling I picked up on. Because it says in here, 
Yeah, no, that's about all it says. But his reaction yeah. seems to, like I sort of pick up from that maybe the horse is a bit nervous, like it's her first or mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I've never really dissected that little bit very much before, apart yeah. from thinking, well, Heta is like very involved with horses and really cares what happens to them. So, Right. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe. But then they just move right into they they notice they're being watched from a distance or some people. Aunt Paul is able to zoom in with her sight and see exactly <laughs> how, how many. Are. Yeah, and how many there are, and they don't seem to really be a threat. So Silk, this is where Silk starts to take charge and be like, "All right, let me handle this. Mm-hmm. I can deal with these guys." So they just they want gold. Let's give them some gold and fills up a bunch of skin with uh, rocks and wraps them, ties them onto the horses so it looks like they're carrying a bunch of gold. Yeah. And then he leads the way and they go right to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And basically he just tricks them. Greedy people, greedy people. Yeah. And I liked, I liked a lot of Silk's comments and in the interactions with these guys, the burglar guys, you know. Uh, his name his his name was Kroldor. The robber. Just yeah, just because <laughs> he was being really like a smart ass. And it's funny to yeah. me. I don't know why. He's great. Funny. I love it. <laughs> Cause Kroldor's like, you probably heard of me. He's like, can't say that I have. Like, <laughs> and the fact that he says it pleasantly, like yeah. just to get him even more. Yeah, he is such a smart ass. Mm-hmm. And then too, even after they leave and all the guys run and they realize the money, it wasn't really gold. And it was Beric or somebody telling him they're probably gonna kill the guy now. I feel kind of bad for him. And Silk's like, I kind of hope they kill him. He's, he's a dumbass, basically is what he's saying. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, we'd be better off without him. Kroldor's men are going to blame him for the way things turned out, Hetar observed. I know, but then that's one of the hazards of leadership, says Silk. Yeah. They might even kill him. I certainly hope so. I'd be terribly disappointed in them if they didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole scene, I was just laughing because I could yep. see it, see it so clearly. Oh, that's so good. So then they just basically ride up into the mountains for a while and... Mm-hmm. They, they sense the snow coming and yeah. have to camp, make camp. And yeah, this is so, so yeah, they wake up that one morning and it's snowed during the night and it's still snowing. And Sinedra gets really like, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like starts giddy. romping about like a, like a child, like their children. And she's just yeah. romping about and starts throwing snowballs at Gary. And so they run off and start playing in the trees. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, and then, you know, as she goes in to kiss him, you know, and she realizes that she, I'm sure she wanted to kiss him, but then she also just dumps snow down his, the back of his <laughs> shirt and runs away <laughs> laughing, you know. So it's, it's just, what do you think of this casual, like, little shift into just this exuberant kiss? Like, they're playing, they're excited. She kisses him and it's like not, it's not, that's all it's like, there's no build up around it. That's, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I guess she just really genuinely got excited over the snow. And in her excitement, she just felt that compulsion, I think. And well, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? it? And just mm-hmm. being cheeky, like, because she's yeah. much less inhibited than Garion is with that kind of right. stuff. Like, she's more worldly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just like a nice little fun moment, I yeah. think, to break up the chapter. And then they're heading into, um, so they're close to the, oh, okay, here's my map reference. They're close to the western border of Thalmergos now. Mm. That's why I had that name in my head. And so Wolf's just sort of says, okay, we need to just keep a lookout and be careful. And Hattar, of course, immediately wants to says, oh, I'll ride out in front. <laughs> mm-hmm. and was like I don't think that's a very good idea you get a bit distracted when there are mergos around right you'd be the one to like throw his axe across the canyon like nail one in the head <laughs> Heta has a saber okay Barak so, has the axe okay see that's stuff I can't keep track of very well <laughs> when I read stories because to me, Beric and Hetar are basically the same person in my head. <gasps> no! Really? Yeah. <clears throat> this is Sandra. I'm just breaking into the conversation to say, I realise now that I said Hetar instead of Barak when I was explaining the way that they looked. And maybe that makes a bit more sense now to me why Alicia sounded a little bit confused mm, sorry about that Hetar's like this big giant viking looking dude and Hetar is like a, a, a less bulky but like obviously a warrior but less I see him as a lot less bulky hmm. than like Mandarin even because obviously hmm. I see Mandarin in all of his armour but like he he he's ridden horses all of his life. I see him as kind of tall and rangy, but um, quite muscular. And I think he's got dark hair in his scalp lock. <laughs> see, I when I when I I I had to look for the description once. It's either he's either got dark hair or blonde hair. And scalp lock, I always have taken to mean that everything else is shaved and he's just got like a ponytail. <laughs> I'm gonna look that, that up. I'm gonna look I that up and that put it in the show notes. Like I said, I I don't zone in on descriptions of characters very much. <laughs> I just kind of go with what I create and stick with that. And Beric and Hattar to me both look like replicas of the dad from Merida, from Brave, the Disney movie Brave. You know Merida. Oh, really. The dad. Yes. That's how I see Barak, but definitely not Heta. Okay. Oh, that's your imagination. It's your imagination. You can have the story however you like. Right. So, yeah, that's why I have a hard time distinguishing, like, which weapon is whose. And this is, like, (laughs) they're the same. (laughs) That's that's, cool. Okay. So, where they're – so, as they start riding again – they're on like um, a mountain range and there's a big ravine. Like they're riding next to a ravine on yep. like a mountain range. So they're on one side and then on the other side, um, some Algroths 
yeah like start barking and running alongside like keeping pace with them and some um other creatures called how do you Prilgen. pronounce that Prilgen. 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 i had a hard time with that one and for the longest time uh, like when i first started reading these books i used to say holgrin mm -hmm. but it's Hrulgen. it's h-r-u-l h-r right where is it Herogen. Yeah. They look like horses, but they're not because they have fangs and they have claws. Yeah, and I tried to imagine that once and freaked <laughs> myself out. <laughs> Especially if I mean, do they always just stay on all fours or can they get up on that like a werewolf would and like I don't know. <laughs> Same with those dog things. The dog things. The Algroths. The Algroths, which are like goat, scaly goat-faced <laughs> apes. That's just right. disgusting. So those probably can stand on their hind legs if they're apes. Well, yeah, they run, they run. And remember, because they hooked the one that got Leldoran, hooked him off his saddle. Like he was running like, like an oh, ape. Oh, those are them. Yes. Those are them. Yes. Okay. Okay. I remember because when it was they were talking about referencing it from a previous moment. I'm like, I don't remember that. Yeah. But if they had ref, if they had put Lel, how do you say his name? Leldoran. Leldoran. If they had said his name, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I'm still waiting for him. By the way, where is he? Jeez. I don't know. I have no idea. Did he disappear in book one. They left him in book one. No idea where he is, or if he'll ever come back. You'll just have to read the story. Was it book one or book two that he left, though? Was it one? He was, He came into the story in book two and left in book two. Oh, okay. Hank, was like longer that, ago. Am I speaking to my ass? <laughs> I can't <laughs> I remember now. Someone, I someone don't remember. pipe up and let me know. Where was Leldoran? I can't remember. I think he's in book two. Because, yes, because at the start of book two is when they... Uh, the first chapter is when they're in the ruins. Mm -hmm. And that's, so book two is when they're traveling through um, Arendia. Mm -hmm. And and Leldoran is an Arend. Okay. Arend, see. Hang on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yes, I think I'm correct. <laughs> I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I wouldn't no, today. Well, if, not, if not, we know someone in our group will tell us. Yes, speak up, speak up, darlings. Yeah, so they have all these weird creatures like trying to, we're just waiting for the moment they can like get at them, which is kind of creepy. And there's one, there's one thing that um, aren't, there's birds, there's ravens, uh, ravens and vultures around and Aunt Paul watches the birds with a look of stern disapproval but doesn't say anything. Did you think anything about that? Or not notice it? I just, I didn't notice it, but I would feel that um, she knows that the birds are, um, I don't know the terms they use in this book, but like someone's warging into them and using, like how she does and she gets oh, into the bird. Do you think and so? looks, yeah, I think she probably senses somebody's in that bird and that's why she's like, ugh, go away. Okay. <laughs> I love your little insights. That's great. Okay. 
so they keep going on and then there are some mergos on the other side of the the gorge mm-hmm. on the side where the monsters are so how are the monsters not eating them i don't know yeah yeah but anyway they, who should be there yeah but our brill. friend brill and this is another moment of silk just being <laughs> funny just star silk is a star uh, yeah because in the whole conversation when he's asking him, how did you get on that side? <laughs> well, you had to Brill, go back well, that way about four uh, days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brill asked. Right, yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. So, great. Yeah, you just ride back that way about four days. There's a hidden, you know, pass. Shouldn't take you more than a day to find it. Right. And so they have a little exchange, like threatening each other, and <laughs> Silk. I think I think Silk won that one. Um, I believe he did, because and you know how you know Silk won. How? Uh, because it's. Uh, <laughs> I'll read it. Silk laughed and led the party away from the brink of the precipice. What a splendid fellow, he said as they rode away. He looked up at the murky sky overhead. And what an absolutely beautiful day. (laughs) Yeah, that was really cool. Because the next line says the clouds thickened and grew black as the day wore on. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, He's a beautiful day to him because he just bested Brill. That's exactly. why it's beautiful. Exactly. Nothing to do with the weather. Yeah, exactly. So they're heading further up into the mountains and the, the storm's getting worse. And then they're, yeah, so they pull up in a sheltered place where they're going to camp and Gary ends with Belgarath. And they're yeah. just having like I a little... I liked this scene. Yeah, okay, you talk about it. Well, it reminded me a lot of... Um, have you ever watched Flight of the Dragons? It's like an old, old animated. No, it I never was have. made. You should watch it. It was made by, I believe, by the same people and also at the same time as the animated Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Okay. Um, but it had that just, I don't know, that feel to it because Belgrath could definitely be one of the wizards and Flight of the Dragons. But yeah, just the conversation. I, I liked how he, um, like Garion's coming up to him and saying, what if this, what if that? And he just kind of kindly says, you know, you're starting to sound a lot like Aunt Paul and she's driven me crazy for years by saying what if all the time. And Belgarian apologizes. He says, well, don't be sorry. You just don't do it anymore. Yeah, it's such a normal kind of parent-child conversation. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah I really liked it. And then that's it in the moment when they hear the wings flapping, but they can't see anything. And obviously Wolf knows what it is because he's listening. He's like, be quiet. And like, then they listen and um, he says they don't have a name. It's big and stupid and ugly. (laughs) The gods only made three of them and the two males killed each other during the first mating season. She's been alone for as long as I can remember. And he thought that she was dead. Yeah. So his reaction is like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's the thing that I love about this 
this scene of Belgrath, it shows again his enormous capacity for compassion and yeah. love, like deep, deep, just love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always know is that she's very dangerous. She's as big as a house. Garen wants to tell the others, but Wolf says it would just worry them. Sometimes it's better not to say anything. Yeah. So they just stand and listen to the wings. And then eventually they just go back to the tent and chapter and ends. It, and, oh, like this, it really is written to feel compassion for this huge creature. Mm-hmm. You know, the great wings flapped again. And there was a long, despairing cry from the darkness. A cry filled yeah. with such aching loneliness that Garion felt a great surge of pity welling up in him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, the whole scene for some reason too just made me feel extremely like at peace. I don't know yeah. why. I guess because yeah. it was a moment of compassion, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, end of chapter. Yay. What'd you think of the chapter? It, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Silk a lot. It had been a while since I'd seen him, like, as one of the mains in the in the chapter. And I loved the end with the, well, I'm just going to call it a dragon for now. Yeah. <laughs> with, well, it seems like it seems to be what they're describing. It's just interesting. He just he would describe a dragon as big and stupid and ugly. Well, I guess let's think about the way we label everything in the world. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that a thing had a name and you were trying to understand it or just see it or uh, describe it, that's how you might describe a type of know. dragon, the thing that we know as a dragon. I would have probably used the word. I don't think I would have used stupid or ugly. I would have said scary, probably. And that's what makes everyone's perspective so much their own because we all see through different lenses. Mm -hmm. None of us live in the same world. I love that. Yeah. And it's coming to accept that, that it's probably one of the most difficult things sometimes. And sometimes, and and once, I think once, one can take that final step of really accepting that everyone has their own world, their own Mm -hmm. reality. Everything becomes a lot simpler too. Yeah, it does. Most of the time I'm pretty good at it. There'll be moments where I slip. I get into a place. Of course, we're humans. (laughs) And then in those moments, it's just like, just fuck all of it. Like, I don't <laughs> Pretty much. You are wrong. Leave me alone. And I want to go, like, <laughs> exactly. uh, pout like a child and, like, you should care about me. <laughs> or mostly love is. and light. A little bit of fuck off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the magic. My magic. Mm-hmm my magic moment is the pregnant mare because there's a whole amazing 
magical thing about creation of another living being inside a mother. Yeah. I just thought that that's interesting that that's the piece of magic I chose <laughs> after all of the like, uh, <laughs> anyway. It, it, <laughs> it, but even as I chose it, interestingly enough, I chose it as I move towards crone, it's not that I give up the mother. It's that I now embody it as well as this new thing I'm going towards. But when I chose it, it felt different. Like I had a different, it wasn't the soft squishy, Oh, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. it was, it was, that's interesting. It was different. Like, like it said in a lot of the spiritual teachings is your children don't come for you. They simply come through you. Yes. Precisely. They are, they are still here for their own purpose and they're going to experience their own thing regardless of what you, mm-hmm. you know? And so when they become an adult, I feel like that separation kind of, not separation, but that idea takes its place. And it, it as becomes reality. less of a, you know, I'm, it, 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 it's exactly that. It's it's less of a notion to me and more of a, yeah. uh, a it. it's a lived experience now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was my magic. Well, I, ch- I chose the, the large creature in the clouds because I thought it was cool that they kept hearing it, but they couldn't see it. It's so big that they still can't see it. So that kind of stuff I just love. <laughs> Cool. And real life relating. So um, my personal insight this week is the snow. Sinedra's delight at the snowfall. Because it's only now that I live in the Netherlands that I can really imagine this scene clearly. So as I was reading the chapter and was reading this scene and the descriptions of the hazy, um, like the, the, the hazy distance and because the snow was falling, I could actually, I actually know what that looks like now because I've seen it. And so I could like imagine the scene much more vividly. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to see that, but I will. I chose the moment, like I said, between Gary and Wolf when he was telling him not to apologize for being like Aunt Paul, just to stop doing it. (laughs) Um, It resonated with me because it's like I've gotten to the place where I've most of the time I've stopped apologizing and um, I also don't expect people to apologize to me if they make a mistake I say mistake like in quotations because you know it's just a lesson that we had to learn and so I really understood when he told Gary and you don't have to apologize it's true you never have to apologize um, but it's about living in forgiveness. Like mm-hmm. if everybody lived in forgiveness, we would have a world of peace. Mm-hmm. But when you live in forgiveness, it doesn't matter if that other person doesn't live in forgiveness, you still do. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's, yes, exactly. <laughs> we just keep, we just keep loving and understanding mm-hmm. and going, yep, yeah, I understand. And yep, yeah, it looks like that's really hard and I love you. Yeah. And you think I'm wrong? Oh, I see that you think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That's okay. <laughs> that right. must be really hard. 
right. Yeah, so that was my personal insight. Mm. Cool. Okay, so into prophecy speaks. I know. I gotta grab my book. I forgot. Oh, I don't. Do you want to go first? Uh, Would you sure. like me to? I don't mind. It doesn't matter. I can go. Um, my question was, like I said, it's about my novels. Because, like I said, I wanted to have the draft finished over the summer. But as I found myself sitting down trying to write every single time, um, it didn't feel like anything I wanted to do. I felt like I was pulling teeth to be like, all right, you can do this. But then of course, once I would, the days I would actually sit and have a little bit, you know, my longest sessions are like an hour at this point, <laughs> which is okay. Cause yeah. the way my life is right now. Yeah, exactly. But I could still get a thousand words out, you know, and after I did it, I would feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I was, and sometimes I would feel like the divine download coming through and be like, wow, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. You know? <laughs> But I still have this nudge that feels like it's guiding me to just, at least for now, maybe I'll come back to it, leave the last book in the series for now, just not finish it and move on to the series. <laughs> because part, of, I'll tell you, part of my struggle. Move on to what series? Um, well, the new series I want to write, it's going to be like adult fantasy. Yep, yep, yep. But the challenge I'm having is because I've spread this out for so long, this book, the series. It's been like 10 years mm -hmm. since I wrote that first book. And I've taken so many breaks in between them. I feel like there are some discontinuity. Is that the right way to say it? Disconnects. There's, there's disconnects in the story itself in places. Mm-hmm. And number two, also, there's not really, not like I have a bunch of readers around the story who are like, I need the last book or whatever. I'd be writing it purely for the sake of my own closure. Yeah. Which and is, yep, yep. Which is not to be sneezed at. No, but I'm starting to wonder how much mm. this nudge is starting to make me feel like maybe I've already had the closure. The okay, story so what isn't. is your question? So my question is, so is this my ego just trying to get me to cop out, you know, and take the easy way and just move on to the next shiny object? Mm -hmm. Or is awareness guiding me because it's time to just move on? Mm -hmm. Let Move on to the project I know I'm going to do so amazing and be so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Which you were for this project at one stage. I don't know if I ever, I don't know. Okay, no, just let that, just let that hang. You do you. Okay, so I'm using the book Legendary. Oh my gosh. By Stephanie Garber. This series, the first book is Caraval. I've used it in the show before. Yes. I finally went and got the last two books. And like, I consumed these books within a week's time. All three of them. Oh, they're good, are I, they? 
I'm obsessed. She writes adult fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what I get. Okay. Tella didn't wash along the muddy shore. She raged her way out of the water in a tangle of wet curls and skirts and bruises, chest heaving, blue skin shivering, but she was still standing and breathing and living. Unfortunately, she wasn't doing any of those things alone. Oh. The undead queen and her handmaidens of horror were waiting. Tella told herself she could outrun them, but she could barely stagger forward as they closed in. Her limbs were liquid, shaking from the pain, the exertion, and the misery of it all. Her lungs could barely swallow the damp air. A lick of wind could have knocked her over. If she were scarlet, someone would have come to her rescue by now. Julian would have probably flown in on a hot air balloon and then sprouted rings to soar down and carry her away. Unfortunately, Tella wasn't the sort of girl people saved. She was the one they left behind. But she was also the sort they underestimated. She reminded herself she was the daughter of two dangerous criminals. Okay, okay. come on. Tell me what the reading says. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it's basically in the one line um, that Tella told herself she could outrun them, but she could barely stagger forward as they closed in. <laughs> oh my god! That's I so feel perfect. like that's basically like yeah, you can't you can't just leave the story behind and think you can <laughs> escape. Oh god, that's beautiful. Okay. So now my next question that I'll do on my own is like, then why is it so miserable to try to write the damn thing? But I'll do that later. Okay. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> I'm just, I have tears in my eyes from the, the joy and... Now I want to read the book all over again now. Jeez. <laughs> so good. <sighs> okay. So my question is, where is this path of specialist consulting taking me leading me pointing me what's it all about if anything and the book i'm using is the woman warrior memoirs of a girl who literally my tongue stopped working <laughs> memoirs of a girlhood among ghosts it's by maxine hong kingston I worked every day. When it rained, I exercised in the downpour, grateful not to be pulling sweet potatoes. I moved like the trees in the wind. I was grateful not to be squishing in chicken mud, which I did not have nightmares about so frequently now. On New Year's mornings, the old man let me look in his water, water gourd to see my family. They were eating the biggest meal of the year, and I missed them very much. I had felt loved, love pouring from their fingers when the adults tucked red money in our pockets. My two old people did not give me money, but each year for 15 years, a bead. After I unwrapped the red paper and rolled the bead about between thumb and fingers, they took it back for safekeeping. We ate monks' food, as usual. 
I'm not getting anything. No. Did you? Mm-hmm. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's unusual for me not to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scene that's describing it sounds like I don't know if it's a child or not, but it doesn't really matter. It sounds like somebody who felt taken cared for. <clears throat> You know, which I wasn't sure how I felt, you how you felt as a child, and then you also felt that in your partnership for quite some time. But what this path is showing you is that you are now ready and willing yeah. to allow the abundance to come directly to you. Okay. Yes, I see. As soon as you started talking, uh, like a little lock clicked open, and I could, I could, I could sort of see what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sure. That's a good one. That's a good place to be too. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So what's your prediction for the next chapter? Um, I think that maybe as they're passing by Thol Murgos that Gary might actually see, like get a glimpse of something of what, I don't know, what the terror of it is. And that they'll have a close encounter with these creatures, the Algroths and the Hrulgen, mm-hmm. since they seem to be following them. Maybe that'll be some kind of like a fight or, I don't know. That's all I got for this one. <laughs> okay, cool. So do we want a hashtag? I still like yeah. the hashtags. What should we have? Was, Would you like to choose? I was looking for something because the only thing that popped in my head, which was like it's not a very nice hashtag, was um, what is it? Big, stupid, and ugly. <laughs> no, we can't have that. No. <laughs> so I was trying to look for something for like what silk maybe around his um, his it's- stuff. <laughs> What a, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. That's it looks beautiful day. There you go. Yeah? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Yay. Yay. So before I get into the end the end remarks for this show i'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons we have a small group of patrons who are amazing and i get such encouragement uh, from because like seriously i spend so many hours producing the show and it's just like it gives i don't know it lets me know that it's, um, I don't know, is this like a value thing that I'm putting on something? It helps me know that it's possible that this could be something that I do, like, and un- gives me income to pay bills with, or at least pays for my time to produce the show, which would be great. So. Sorry, I think my dog just opened up the door. 
I don't know how she did it, but she, my child's not there, so. It's not right with the child, that's so great. But anyway, I want, to, I want to thank our patrons, Jessica, Eric, Rachel, Ryan, Niall, and Hanukkah. Thank you so much for supporting the show the way that you do. It helps. It just Yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. Because yeah, there there's gonna be I see, I see this being something where there will be patrons. You know, like obviously we have we have patrons, but we're going to expand them. And it is gonna be, like you say, you have that like just a, a little bit of an income to keep you moving with those all that time it takes to produce and so yeah so if you would like to become a patron of the show if you enjoy listening to us you can be a two dollar patron um and get bonus episodes of before the show that's like a, a extra episode that alicia and i record of conversation that we have before the show and after the show the recorded mm-hmm. part the official episode and or become a five dollar patron and you get all the uncut video of everything and along with other you know things that we do every now and then and there's a private group that you can get into which you know it's just a space to come in and talk with other fans of the show and we get in there probably not as often as i could or we could (laughs) to to mix things up but it's a space that we can hang out in and it's safe yeah. and we can talk about all kinds of things, not just the show, but, you know, it's a, it's a forum for us to bring up the magical realism in our lives. And know? too, like in, in that private group, you guys definitely don't have to wait for us to come in and post anything. If you just want to post something, whatever it is related yeah. to the books or not, just go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so if you want to uh, check out our Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Belgariad and beyond. Your support means more than you know. And um, there'll be a link in the show notes. Yes. So if you would like to talk about this episode in particular, you can use the hashtag SilksBeautifulDay. (laughs) And you'll find the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. You can head over there and check it all out and sign up to our mailing list um, while you're there so you don't miss out on any special announcements that we might have. You can also leave a voice message for us, and there'll be a link in the show notes for you to do that. You just let us know if you don't want uh, your message to be included on the show. And you can also, we're on Facebook and Instagram at belgariadandbeyond. And you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com with all your questions and comments. It's a lot of Belgariad and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to add too, like those three episodes you did with listeners. Oh, they're yeah. Really they were fun. so much fun. Really fun. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy them? Uh, yeah. I listened and I thought, you know, like what? Each, each one seemed to have a different type of love for fantasy or whatever. Reading. Yeah. Reading is the word. And it's just, it's, I love listening to that kind of conversation because and, and you know, I get it. Believe it or not, that may be another show that I start next year. 
Wow. With, <laughs> with uh, I have I have two co-hosts in mind that I'm going to hit up. I know one of them for sure. It's like, yep, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Before I even suggest it, and there's another person that I want to ask about it, but that might become a thing because you know I don't have enough to do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least God has kindled wouldn't be as much of your time next year because it'll already, already. Well, God has kindled Universal sort of, that's the, the company, the publishing company that everything sits underneath. But I've got us, of course, in miracles course won't miracles, be such a, yeah. um, won't require so much of my time because it will be, it will exist and I will just yeah. be teaching it then rather than creating it to teach. So, but anyway, so it's the end of the show, my darlings. Thank you for yeah. being here with us right to the end. We love you. Yes, yes. Very, very grateful. And, you know, have an amazing week. So magic alive. <laughs> oh, yes. And so you will, this show, you will be listening to it. Well, obviously you're listening to it now, but it'll be Friday when you're listening to this. Because I am giving myself space to produce the show. So I'm not rushing through it in a day because we record this on my Wednesday night. So I produce it on Thursdays usually. And what I'm going to do is use Thursday and Friday to produce it. It'll be out on Friday because I don't need to stress myself out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Friday's a good day for yeah. this kind of a podcast. You know, so Friday, it's that kind of podcast you can listen to on the weekend when you're hanging out or, you know, just doing the vacuuming or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally do that sometimes. So that's the only change. And um, you won't find out about it until you're listening. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys.